Hey, this is Sandy Shepard, and welcome back to another Coffee Chat with Experts at BeABondGirl.com. Today, we will be speaking with Allison Armstrong, who heads up PAX Programs Incorporated. Relax. Pull up a chair and join us for the Be A Bond Girl podcast, featuring mastermind coach and author of Fempowerment, Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl, Sandy Shepard. Today we'll be speaking with Allison Armstrong from PAX Programs Incorporated. PAX is in the business of educating women about men and is passionate about altering our society's culture by transforming the way women relate to men. PAX, which means peace in Latin, is an acronym for Partnership, Adoration, and Ecstasy. And by providing immediately useful information to women, Allison Armstrong and PAX Programs creates peace between the sexes. Here we go. If you like this podcast, please comment on my comment section, or you can call us at our call-in line at 206-350-3537. And you can always reach me at sandy at beabongirl.com. Hello, this is Sandy Shepard at beabondgirl.com. And today for our Coffee Chats with Experts, I am incredibly honored to have Allison Armstrong. Allison Armstrong's company is PAX Programs Incorporated, P-A-X. And her website is understandmen.com. Allison is the creator of Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women Workshop. And in these workshops, men and women, single, married, coupled, non-coupled, get to benefit from her understanding of men and their behavior. And in fact, in her Celebrating Women Regarding Ecstasy and Power Workshop, she specifically guides women just like you through a process where they find themselves, articulate their true essence and being, and then once that's done, they helped teach you how to set your life up to nurture your passion and your true self so that your daily routines will really nurture your inner bond girl instead of rob you from your true essence. So with that said, hello, Allison. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. I just had a big smile on my face. Allison, how did you get started with your studying of men? (laughs) Well, to make it a short answer, instead of, well, I was born. (laughs) um, Although it does start there, you know, in a traditional family where my mom suddenly was singing, anything you can do, I can do better. You know, so I, I learned I should be better than men and set out to prove that. And um, But what really happened was I had concluded that men were con artists on their best <laughs> behavior until they catch you. Uh, when a friend of mine 
asked a man to explain that phenomenon, and his response was to say that she was a frog farmer. And uh, when she asked what that was, he said, some women turn frogs into princes. You, my dear, turn princes into frogs. <laughs> and after she got herself off up the floor, what did she say? <laughs> well, you, you know, it's a funny thing, Sandy. I think I was lucky. She had her Teflon armor on that day. <laughs> So the arrow bounced off her and stuck Ah, okay, okay. And I had this vision of this huge white farmhouse, and I was standing on the porch, and in front of me were rows and rows and rows of frogs <laughs> with little human heads. And there was my ex-husband and all my oh, ex-boys. Okay. It dawned on me that I was a very, very successful frog <laughs> farmer, and I had no idea how I accomplished it. Allison's uh, book that's from last year and is her newest book is called Making Sense of Men, A Woman's Guide to a Lifetime of Love, Care and Attention from All Men. And I think uh, one of the things that you say in this is that you would go from, oh, this guy's a great guy. And within a certain amount of time, it would be this guy's a jerk. And I think what you said, too, was it didn't occur to you that there was something that all these guys had in common. Now, what was that? Yeah, it never occurred to me what they had in common was right. me. Um, it never occurred to me that I had anything to do right. with it. You know, I thought if a man was wonderful, he was a wonderful man. And if a man was a jerk, he was a jerk 24-7. And it never occurred to me that they were reacting to me or responding right. to me until that moment when my friend was called a frog farmer. And I decided I was going to study men and find out if they were responding to women, and if so, what were they responding to, so that I could stop what I was doing that was bringing out the worst in them. Well, and I think, and, I'm sorry to interrupt, I was just going to say, I think one of the things in the responding to men is that you talk about that we take things personally that we shouldn't, and we don't take things personally that we probably should take things personally, so what's that all about? Well, in asking the question, what if men are responding to women, which is a question I ask myself, and I just studied men, I started to compile a whole list of ways that men were responding to women and a whole list of ways that men were not responding to women, that what they do has nothing to do with us. And what was so shocking was that they are the opposite of what we think. Mm -hmm. What we should take personally, we right. don't, and what we do take personally, we shouldn't. Right. So what's a, per what's a good example of that? Well, let's say, for example, uh, if a man is watching television and ignoring us. Mm -hmm. So that's something we'll take personally. We'll think if he loved me more, if I were sexier, if I hadn't gained 10 pounds, right. you know, something about me. If I were different, then he'd love me more and he wouldn't watch television and right. ignore me. Well, the truth is he's not ignoring you. It has to do with the men, way men's brains work. They commit themselves to one thing at a time. It's called single focus. And he's just watching television. Right. And it wouldn't matter if he would build the Taj Mahal in your honor. He still would just watch television. And therefore, you should not take it personally at all. <laughs> I saw John Gray recently, and uh, his book, Mars and Venus Diet and Exercise Solution, talks about this as well, where he says, men can't talk on the phone and have you say something to them, whereas women can be cooking dinner, keeping the dog out of the garbage, uh, taking care of the kids, keeping track of a TV program, and they can also comment on what you're saying on the phone. 
Yeah, well, it's because we have very different brains. And and this is something we started doing, Sandy, that um, we started teaching men how to understand women uh-huh. as well. And women, where men are single-focused, women have what we call diffuse mm-hmm. awareness. And diffuse means to pour in every direction. Mm-hmm. And that is that is why we do all those mm-hmm. things. Because our environment is incredibly loud and demanding right. to us. We are so sensitive to everything and everyone that's happening and how they're feeling and what's going on. And and things in our environment say, do me, do me, no, do me, do me. <laughs> and this is what pulls us to multitask. We don't choose. We don't choose to do all those things at one time. They're, we are pulled to do all those things at one time. And that's one of the things that men don't understand. They think that we actually choose to right, do that. Right, right. So when they're talking to us and we are pulled in another direction, they're feeling right. Different. Because they think we chose right. it, and we didn't. We, we did not choose it. One of the things that I was talking to a client about recently was we were talking about something, uh, a bedroom topic, and I said, maybe you should just put a blindfold on. He may think it's really sexy because he's visual, but you won't see the fact that the candles are dripping and that there's you know a little back fat here and stuff like that, too. Maybe you could make yourself a little more single-focused. Yes. Yeah, we, I mean, I, I t- we teach men about if we've got our eyes closed in bed, they were trying very hard to just pay attention to what's happening right now. I remember also reading where you're talking about sort of the way that women are, what's, what do you call them? Men think of them as? Well, what, what you're referring to is when a woman looks yes. at a man, she sees a hairy right. woman. And when a man looks at a woman, he sees a softer, more lovely, scattered, emotionally indulgent That's woman. right. Allison's got a number of books, and, and probably one of my favorite books that she has, Keys to the Kingdom, is the story about a woman who talks a lot about that, too, how women don't understand that men just don't think the way they do and don't talk the way they do. And I was thinking maybe you could just talk for a second about like listening skills and talking skills between men and women, because I think that's incredibly instructive. Mm. Yeah, we work a lot on this um, in our workshops, and 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 yes, Claudia talks about it a lot in Keys mm. of the Kingdom. Well, the place you have to start with is that men and women are not versions of right. each other, and that's the mistake we make. We think a man is a type of woman and a woman is a type mm-hmm. of man. And we're not. I mean, we are so different that our feelings are not even in the same parts of mm-hmm, our bodies. Mm-hmm. They're not located. They're not located in the okay, same. Okay, so place. let's talk about that. Well, for example, when a woman experiences mm-hmm. happiness, that happens in this extra vital organ that she has in the center of mm-hmm. her chest, and it's about the size of your mm-hmm. hand. And when it's in good shape, it's like this receptor, it's this receptor of truth and life force and eternal wisdom, and it's what connects us to spirit, and it's it's precious, and it's what it's what we identify as ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is myself, mm-hmm. and that's where we experience happiness is as this this burst of energy mm-hmm. in the middle of this organ in the middle of our chest. This this 
kind of energy that happens in the chest. Well, that's why, as men would put it, we make a big deal out of our feelings. Our feelings are a big deal. They're in the center of our being. They're the most true thing about us. Men think we make a big deal out of our feelings because their feelings aren't there in the center. Mm. They actually experience things in different parts of their body depending on what the emotion Mm -hmm. is. And where they experience happiness is up in their shoulders, Mm. their shoulders and their collarbone Mm. and like the lower part of their Mm. neck. So when a man is happy, this part of his body will fill like a man will puff up and go, (gasps) you know, when a man is happy. And when a man has what we call a moment of ecstasy, which is a big happy, it overwhelms that part of his body. That part of his body can't contain it. And the energy will shoot down his arms and out his hands. And when men are ecstatic, you see them, the energy get expressed at the end of their hands. So you have, you know, jumping up and hitting the beam or you have the rocky, you know, stance with the fists up in the air, or you see the football player in the field and he'll put all this energy and into spiking right, the ball. Right, right, right. You know, and, and that's what happens when a man is really right, happy. Right, right. And the opposite happens, like as a woman, we'll say, you hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. and we'll have this experience that this hand-sized organ in the middle of our chest has squished mm-hmm. down. It's squished and contracted, and when our feelings are really hurt, it turns into almost like an obsidian rock in the center Mm -hmm. of our chest. For a man, he doesn't say, you hurt my feelings. He says, I'm crushed. And if you look, it looks like someone broke his clavicle. And his shoulders slump in. And his head slumps down, and all the energy goes out of his his shoulders and he is a fraction of right. himself. And that's a little different. Men will men will cave like mm-hmm. that. Women, um, and we actually described this in a video on YouTube. Ah, if anyone wants perfect. to search Alison Armstrong, you can see this. I'll on put YouTube. it on the website. Um, yeah, women. When we when our feelings are hurt, we'll end up under the covers or curled up in a ball with our eyes closed. And, and it feels like the light right. hurts. You know, it's a really, it's a deadly process when our feelings are hurt. We're, we are cut off and our minds go crazy. We call it the rage right. monster. And it is, a, it's devastating to us and it's devastating to the person who hurts us because we will say terrible things them that we right. don't mean. We started down this because we were talking about listening, and then you mentioned about the where the things are embodied. So let's go back to listening. So let's talk a little bit about how men and women listen and communicate differently. All right. Well, the good news is we can ask each other to listen differently than we normally mm. listen. The bad news is we both have default or automatic ways of listening to each mm. other that are very detrimental to relationships. Oh, okay. So as a woman, we listen. If, if the person who's talking to us is not upset yeah. 
and we're listening to the information they're conveying to sort out what what does it have yep. to do with me. And if we get to the end of it and none of it had anything to do right. with us, we're deeply resentful that they wasted our time. <laughs> right. That is the Geico commercial, totally. by the way. <laughs> and if the person who's talking seems upset, yeah. we'll listen, what do they need yes. from me? And that will put us into problem-solving, advice, chicken soup right. mode. It calls out the yep. mother yep. in us. And um, for a man, if if the person speaking is not upset, their default listing is, what is the point? And when women are speaking, when women are doing what I call emptying our basket, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is no point. We're just sharing. And men get overwhelmed by the enormous amount of detail and the fact that no point seems to be emerging and how the heck are they going to remember all that? And then they just glaze over. They they just glaze over and then our feelings are hurt and we think he doesn't care about us and we don't know that we're the one that did that. If a man is listening to someone who seems upset... Mm -hmm. Then he listens, what is the problem? Mm. And he's trying to sort all this information into what the problem is so that he can solve the problem because that's what men do for the people they care about. They hold themselves accountable for solving our problems. And if the problem does not become obvious, Mm -hmm. then the man will interrupt they will interrupt a woman's flow, oh, which is n- not a good thing. When we start talking, we want to flow. <laughs> and he'll interrupt the flow with clarifying questions, mm-hmm. which suppresses and offends the woman. <laughs> it suppresses her because it just cut off her right. flow, and it offends her because I'm smart enough to tell my own partner, thank you. Hence the things that happen in relationship. It's just because of the way that we're built to listen relative to our own particular function in the world as a gender. And that's the bad news. The good news is both genders, and honestly men are better at this than women, both genders can be asked to listen in a different way. So a woman can say to a man, for example, I just need to get some stuff off my chest so that I can be peaceful and care about you and anybody (laughs) else. Could you just hold the trash? Just don't interrupt. You don't have to remember any of this. Just hold the trash and let me just talk it out. And that would provide so much for me. And I've watched so many men and being single focused, right? And they're there just Focus. Don't interrupt. Don't interrupt. Hold the trash. Hold the trash. And if at the end of it, you know, the woman goes, oh, my God, that was incredible. You're my hero. I mean, if we give him the points for doing it, he will he will do it over and over again. Right. He'll, they'll even start generating it. They're, they're met, I mean, men will be the first to tell you that they can be trained, and, and, they're, and they love to know what we need, and they just want to know what's going to score the biggest points. And whatever scores the biggest points, they will do again and again, and they will generate doing it again and again. And that's that's what's beautiful about them. And let's talk a little bit because you're talking about men and being trained. I think the thing that I have talked to my clients the most about is 
what you call menglish. And now I'm putting you on the spot. Do you remember where you talk about when a man says, are you cold? Here, take my jacket, what the woman will do and then what he thinks. I'd love yeah. for you to tell that story because I think it's such a perfect example of where we miss each other. Yeah, it it is. And, and men have asked me about it. You know, why <laughs> when you offer a woman your jacket, does she say, but then you'll be cold? <laughs> and it looks at me and goes, that, so what? Right. You know, that's not the right. point. And and what this has to do with is when a man is charmed and enchanted by a woman, which we describe in the book what causes that, he's compelled to take care yep. of her. And so if she looks cold, he will offer anything he's got. And women, unfortunately, who have lost and not redeveloped the ability to receive from men – we will go into mother mode like he's a five-year-old, and our response will be, but then won't you be right. cold? And that to them is asinine. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the point. They don't care if they're cold. They're right. men. What matters is this delicate flower, unicorn in the forest, celebrity of life is cold, and that should never yeah. happen. And they are the hero that's going to save her from right. that. And when the question comes up, but then won't you be cold? He's now a five-year-old <laughs> instead of a knight in shining armor. So he's been asked to put his mittens back on. <laughs> oh, it's just terrible for them. They absolutely hate it. It's the same. It's the same when a man wants to do something for us, and we tell him that he can't afford Go. it. Yeah, that's- I like, if you're not his accountant, (laughs) never tell a man that. That's not your job. The way that one man put it to me, which I just loved, he said, I want to do what I can do for you Mm. so that you can be what I could never be. Oh, I love that. Is that good? Wonderful. So they... You know, they can open a jar, they can open a door, they can take out the bags. <laughs> they cannot be feminine. Yes. And they they call it the heavy lifting. Yep. They're happy to do the heavy lifting yep. if it allows us to be feminine, which is what they can never yep. be and what they need from us yep. the most. I keep going back to King, Keys of the Kingdom. The thing that I really liked about it was where Claudia, who's the main character, is talking about how women, when they were part of the war effort, suddenly felt that they had become important because they were doing this certain kind of work. And the men always thought of them as being important and having, like you just said, these feminine characteristics and things that they can't possibly have. And that there became this sort of disconnect between the idea of importance and cherished. Yeah. One way to look at feminism, which is by the way, the only reason why my work is possible. If we still oh needed men to survive, oh you know, we couldn't be partners. But because of feminism and birth control and the information age, we've arrived at this incredible yeah. place. But but you could look at feminism from the point of view that it has been a, a battle for the right to do everything that's important. Mm-hmm. And anything related to the survival of a human being or humanity mm-hmm is inherently important. You know, being a doctor, saving a life is important. During war, you know, making ships is important. 
And and so we've been fighting for the right to do everything important and be in the important positions, you know. And that's fine, and it's incredibly masculine. What we've lost sight of is what's priceless. And that, that's the word that men yeah. use, is that it, femininity is, is beyond important. It's priceless. It's, to them, it's what makes doing the important things worth mm. doing. You know, the, what men say is they would, they would never, ever want to live in a world without femininity. Right. It wouldn't be worth living in. Yep. And what they say is what they do is made worth doing mm. by who women are. One of the things that you talk about in Making Sense of Men, I think that women don't really realize how visual men are and how much they can tell about a woman's passion and self-confidence and stuff just by looking at her. And I'm wondering if you could speak about that just for a little bit to wrap up. Sure. Um, Mostly men have a reputation for being superficial. Mm -hmm. My experience is that they're super perceptive. Mm-hmm. So how come they judge so many things just by what they see is because of what they're able to mm. see. And they are able to see the qualities that are most inspirational to them. So they can see self-confidence mm-hmm. in the way that we carry ourselves. They can see authenticity in the directness of our gaze. They can see passion in the life in our cheeks and they can see receptivity which is one of the things they need the most in the acceptance in our eyes in the softness in our jaw um, in the in the looseness of our Mm. lips you know when we become closed down our faces closed Mm. down our lips become tight our jaws they call us edgy Mm. when a woman isn't receptive she's edgy and and we give men chills. And uh, they really, this is why you have love at first mm-hmm. sight, because the things that are the most charming and enchanting to men, they can see just by looking at wow. a woman. And it's, it's, we can't fool them. Yeah. You know, we like to think yep. we can, but we actually can't. They're, they are incredibly perceptive. Yep. And it's why the changes we make need to come from the inside. It doesn't matter what we're yeah. wearing. It matters who yep. we're being. They're, they're very sensitive to what they mm-hmm. need, and they need, they use the word softness, mm. which unfortunately women equate with weakness. Mm. And men don't equate it with weakness at all. They think it takes a very strong woman to be able to be mm-hmm. soft. And they recognize that paradox. Yeah. I, I think re- I think what you said too that uh, the sort of receptiveness they don't get in the outside world, and they need us to be there for them. He won't even see that you gained twenty pounds. Not really. Yeah, it's a little consequence to them unless you're self-conscious right. about it and shut down your physical expression. Right. Then they right. notice. And is that the twenty pounds they care about? It's that you disappeared. I promised Allison I'd only keep her on the phone for half an hour, and as usual, I've completely broken my promise. It's been a little bit longer than that. So I would like to thank you for being on our program, and I am hoping that I can come to, to now that you have so many workshops, and you, as you said, you're on YouTube, and you've got various podcasts, and again, for my listeners, understandmen.com is Allison's website, and I am doing the best that I can to also point all of you, and I will uh, give you all the information on the wrap to 
towards how we can try to get Allison on Oprah so that we can all be watching Oprah and see Allison and know that each of us had a little bit in it because we all know that women get everything done. So getting Allison on Oprah is our next mission. Well, I, that's so great of you to bring that up because I mean our graduates are going to to Oprah's uh-huh. site and you know there's a place where you can give her show ideas or stories about show ideas and but it, if someone was touched by this period of time that we spent together, I mean, that would be an amazing testimonial yep. to Oprah. I heard her for 30 minutes, and this is what happened to me. I think that would be incredible. That is a great idea. So, Allison Armstrong, I want to thank you for being here on uh, BeABondGirl.com. I really appreciate you taking the time out, and thank you again so much. Sandy, thank you oh, so no much. Oh, no worries. Thank you so much for coming on. Bye. And thank you again to Allison Armstrong for joining us here on our Coffee Chats. Allison's website is understandmen.com. Her phone number is 800-418-9924. And as she mentioned, she has a number of CDs, DVDs, books, products, and programs that are all about making sense of men and making their lives easier by helping us understand where they're coming from. They also have workshops that will help men understand women. I know that seems completely impossible, but if anyone can do it, Alison Armstrong can. As I said during the podcast, in the show notes, I have a link that you can click on and share your experience with Oprah's producers with hearing Allison here on our podcast. I would love it if you could write Oprah and point her in this direction so that she can listen to Allison and you could share your thoughts and feelings about hearing Allison on this podcast. If you do decide to write Oprah, Allison has asked that you would also share what you write with Patrice, P-A-T-R-I-C-E, at understandmen.com so that they can keep track of people that have sent in a little note. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again here soon. Bye! Bond Girl is neither affiliated with nor endorsed by Eon Productions, Sony Pictures Entertainment, MGM Studios, or United Artists. 
This podcast is copyright 2008 by 00 Productions. All rights reserved. Fempowerment and Fempower are registered trademarks of 00 Productions. For more information, visit beabondgirl.com. Our goal? To build a better world, one Bond girl at a time.